0: When I was growing up, I was always told that I was too much to handle. I was too loud, too opinionated, too demanding, just plain too much. Now, as an adult, I celebrate these qualities within myself and within the women I know. This is a call to action. This is a space to own your too muchness. This is too much to handle. Cranston here, and I am here with Sonia Rasula, who is the genius CEO and founder behind Unique Markets, the largest indoor buy-local shopping event in the country where entrepreneurs, designers, and artists can showcase their products in one central location. We are going to talk everything from starting your own business the importance of community in a very every-man-for-himself world, and why you need to collaborate to create. I am so excited for you guys to meet her, but first, I want to give a shout-out to the reviewer of the week, Caperage, and they said, I love this podcast. Hannah is the consummate host, bringing her knowledge and passion to the table while also allowing her guests to shine. Lifting up and collaborating with other women fits perfectly into our overall mantra and mission, and it's inspiring to see and listen to. Can't think of any reason not to listen." Oh my God, if I could just send you a million kisses for that review, I would thank you so much. Um, Yes, collaboration with women is so important to me, and I'm glad that you get that, and I'm so glad you left a review because these reviews are life for my podcast, and just they feel good if I'm going to be completely honest, but collaborating with other women is a perfect segue to this amazing woman, Sonia Rasula. Hi. Hi. I am so glad that you come on the show. We actually met at an event yep. uh, about dating while feministing, and I thought you were such a badass, and I knew that I wanted to connect with you. I just didn't know it would be broadcast to <laughs> everybody listening to this, but I'm glad we're connecting this one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, and you were just on a trip. You were like living the life, living the dream. You have a dog. Just amazing badass. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, for the people who aren't familiar with your story and don't yet know uh, how much of a badass you are, how did it all start? I know there's a journalism degree in there, a popular design TV show involved, a 401k savings. Walk us through it. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, I'll try to do the short story. Uh, so, I went to journalism school. Mm-hmm. Um. Was a bit of a nerd, and so did all of my internships online, and this sounds really weird, but I was one of the only people in Canada with online experience. And so I actually never graduated college. I got headhunted and immediately started working in the big world of media, but not at a newspaper or radio station online. And so very, very quickly, I um, pretty much, I didn't climb the corporate ladder. I like jumped over it. And at the age of like 26, I was hiring and managing full departments of people, um, managing million dollar budgets, and these were for f- like Fortune 500 companies. Essentially, I was creating content for all of those companies and figuring out what their websites would be, which is weird. Like, if people are like, "What's a website?" Um, <laughs> we would figure what that would be, what the content would be. So, I yeah. Had when a,
0: was this? Can you a, a while ago? Year breakdown?
1: Okay. I mean, this is like. 16, 17, you know, this is decades ago. (laughs) Okay. This is like 16 years ago. (laughs) Um, So I was very young. I should say that. I was very, very young dealing with mostly much older white men in the corporate world. And sometimes I had great um, people on my side and often I didn't. And I was continually having to always prove myself, even though I was like, look, I increased traffic or I increased revenue by 3,000% year over year. Like, why do I have to keep proving myself all the time? Mm -hmm. And so I think eventually I kind of got tech burnout, essentially, is what it was. Um, And so I started looking for more creative outlets. And so I ended up being a designer on Home and Garden TV. Uh, Did that for years. Decided to move to L.A. because I thought I was going to, like, revolutionize TV. Totally did not. (laughs) spent a lot of time at the beach and like just like going hiking and like all the stuff that you do when you move to Los Angeles. LA
0: life yeah Yeah, you're just like sounds like a cliche but it's pretty totally true (laughs) like drink a
1: lot of smoothies go to the beach hike you know all that good stuff (laughs) Um, and then eventually I started realizing that like I would need to find a job and so Mm. I um, those smoothies add up they do, <laughs> they do, girl. Um, and so I got cast on this this television show, Trading Spaces, which was a very popular show back in the day. Loved it, like loved, loved. Yeah. Um. Paige Davis was the host, and I remember there was a year when like she outdid Britney Spears in search engines. Like it was such a big deal that show. Um. But no one wanted the new generation, which was us and me. <laughs> And so very quickly, I ended up getting let go from that TV show. Mm. And so because of that, I found myself not having a job, trying to figure out what to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to go back to working for other people. That was like the big key was that even though I knew I was great at working in a corporate environment, in a structured environment, um, I just didn't want to make other people money. Yeah. I wanted to make all the money.
0: (laughs) That I'm oh, a preach girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. And
1: so I didn't have an idea. I had no idea what I was going to do. But I just started like soul searching and started volunteering and registering voters and getting to know the local community um, and what grassroots impact really has. And I got really inspired doing that. And I met Eric Garcetti, who is now the mayor of LA. But back then he was a city councilor. Mm-hmm. And he just really inspired me in that um, there's so much more power that we have individually on a local level. And our voices are so much more impactful. And so I kind of was very inspired by that. An inspiring man. It he's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's a great orator. I've seen and, him speak.
0: He's just yeah.
1: And he played he's like a professionally trained classical musician. Oh, I didn't know it's that. It's crazy. They're huh. like, what? Dude. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I was just inspired by him. And so I was sitting in my car one day and I thought, I have this idea for a really, really large scale market. Nothing like it exists in LA. Like the only thing that's here is like sample sales, which are super cheesy and gross feeling. And then like flea markets. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just thought, why not create a giant shopping event that's curated, that's indoors. You're not like sweating in the sun. And I came up with that idea and I used my savings to start it and it took off.
0: (laughs) Okay. So first of all, amazing. So for somebody who has um, never been to a unique market, what can they expect when they walk in the door? What's like, what are they seeing? What are they buying? What are they feeling?
1: Yeah. Uh, Hopefully they're excited. (laughs) 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 Um, So it, so in Los Angeles, so we have the markets all over the country. In Los Angeles, which was kind of, you know, of course, my baby um, and where we started, it, the market takes place in a penthouse in downtown Los Angeles, very similar to the environment we're in now, mm. um, except it takes up a full city block. So it's okay. 90,000 square feet, which is like the size of multiple football fields, if that helps. Listeners out there, because I would have no idea what the. So heck... To
0: be honest, I don't know how long a football field is. So okay, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I had to Google that. I had to Google that information. Um, but so it's it's like this massive, massive market. Yeah, and you you walk in and. Pretty much what you see all around you is just like creativity and inspiration. So there are people selling jewelry. There are like artisanal honey honeymakers. Um, there are people who make furniture who are there selling it. And then we work with a lot of amazing brands and companies. So we'll have, you know, GT's Kombucha will be there handing out free kombucha. Califia will have all of their like almond milks and their coffee drinks. And so, you know, it's like you're going to shop. I think to put it in like a sentence, I was creating the new modern mall. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So like the thing about the mall is that it's easy. You go, you know, there's going to be parking. You go inside. It's air conditioning. It's comfortable. There's stores for everyone in the family. Mm -hmm. And there's always a food court. And so I took those kind of same things. And I was like, I need a place with parking. It needs to be indoors. I want to be able to have men, women, children, teenagers, millennials, like boomers, everyone being able to find something that they like. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, we give them free drinks, free tote bags. We've got a DJ playing awesome music the whole time. And so, you know, it's kind of like a much cooler version of a mall, if that could exist. It does. I guess it does. It's unique markets.
0: (laughs) Okay. So I think for so many people, they have these, especially, you know, our listeners were, you know, they're in their 20s, right? And they, you know, are probably doing some sort of Corporate job or a job right out of college, and they have these business ideas or these, you know, uh, these passions that are like knocking at their hearts, you know? Um, But they're, you know, scared to take that leap. And I think, you know, obviously risking your 401k savings is a pretty big leap. Like, why did you take that jump? What led you to that? And would you, I guess, advise others to do the same? Uh,
1: You know, legally, I probably would say, no, don't do it. (laughs) But if it was just me giving advice personally, honestly, one-to-one, I'd just be like, the difference between entrepreneurs and people who are not is that they're like, they're fearless. And so even risking a 401k is not going to get in the way. I never saw spending that giant chunk of money as, like, I was never scared by it or worried that I would lose the money, Um, which, you know, that might be a personality thing. Mm. I might be, like, too confident maybe, but it worked. Um, But I would say that, like, your health and well-being is so important. And for so many years, I worked in a job that I didn't love. I was really, really fucking good at it. And I was making other people a lot of money, but I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, time is short. And so I feel like if you have to ask your friends and family for money, if you do a Kickstarter, if you risk your 401k, like whatever it is to do the thing that you have in your head, the dream, like you've got to just do it. And you'll know if you're an entrepreneur or not because you'll fucking do it. Mm. Like, there's no right time. There's no, like, should I save 10,000 or 50,000? Like, there's no right answer. Yeah. The answer is that entrepreneurs will just do it.
0: Yeah. Do, are, are you telling me, let me just get this straight, <laughs> that you've throughout this process been fearless, never had a fear about anything? No. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I like, you know, I don't know. It's from, it's in my DNA and i'm my parents are both academics like they're not like me at all where did it come from <laughs> i don't know my chinese grandfather was a business owner so he um it's very like weird but they had a laundry it was like a chinese laundry in beverly hills so he i mean they're the only example in my entire family of like being an entrepreneur
0: and where do you feel like that that unapologetic confidence that you mentioned where does that where do you where does that come from? And how do you cultivate that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I don't know where it comes from. From day one, like out of the womb, I think I was like, just like you in your intro. Oh my God. I love your intro of like being too loud. (laughs) It's so, it's, we're the same person. Mm. And there are many people like us out there, which is the thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that either you are told that you're like, too loud or too confident and you you take that and it actually makes you then insecure or you hear that and you're like, no, F you. And I'm just going to push harder or do what I want to do even more. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that my mom worked while my dad stayed at home. And I think about that and I think about like the impact that that had on my life. And so I think that just seeing and having a woman who was like the breadwinner, yeah, like the role reversal, I think had a lot to do with like confidence level and just like, now I can do whatever I want.
0: Yeah. And I will, I'll bring up the role reversal because I, not to quote you from over a year ago now, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember you talking about the role reversal that you, um, I guess, exemplified in your own relationships. Like when you were dating, you would always pay on the first date and you would be like, you would take charge and do that role reversal. So that seems to be a a common theme. I can't believe you remember that. That just sounds creepy now. I totally forgot about that until now. (laughs) I'm going to be like, you're going to like tomorrow be like in your kitchen. I'll be outside the window. Be like, oh, let me quote you from yesterday when you were having an intimate conversation with your husband. (laughs) You're going to be like, what the fuck? That is amazing. (laughs) Okay, well, I put all my cards out on the table. So care to comment? Oh,
1: that's amazing. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I've always that's just my personality. Like, no. I don't know. I feel like it's better to be the person in the room that is the underdog that surprises people, mm-hmm. like pleasantly surprises people, mm-hmm. than to have people assume what your capabilities are and who you are. Yeah, I'd much rather like surprise someone and overperform than just be like.
0: Doo, 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 doo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I think that's that. Uh, really important, especially as women, because I think as women, there's so many assumptions that are put on us, right? Even like, you know, talking about my intro and and talking about the comments that we get as women, like, you know, being quiet, being more demure, being, you know, being like, okay, you do this and I'll just sit back and, and I should be feeling insecure about my intelligence or my capability because that is the society in which that we've, you know, grown up in and which we've, you know, operated in. And, and I think being able to, I guess, surprise or, or show people a different side and how multifaceted we are and how we can be too loud or too needy or, you know, too opinionated and still make that work inside of a structure that tells it us that it's not supposed to can give you a huge confidence boost because you're like, oh yeah, F yeah, I can be my true and authentic self and I don't need to fit inside of your box. Yeah, totally. You know, so I love that you are just this powerhouse, you know, lady, but I think, you know, oftentimes when we think about, you know, independent women, and you know the women in the corner office. Whatever we think of them as, sort of um, lone wolves, and having to climb over other women to get there. And it's—I mean, you guys know that I am so anti that, and I think women are your best resource and not your comp- uh, your competition. But you know, society media tells us otherwise, and you say otherwise. You are really passionate about. Collaboration, unique markets, unique space, uh, which is your space down in downtown LA, which houses yeah. uh, a bunch of businesses, is all about collaboration. So explain to me why you think collaboration is so important.
1: So I think it's important in a I mean a bunch of different ways. One, it's that you're not alone. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to do things on your own.
0: Yeah, no think it it's really hard. And I think people are so scared of like asking for help. Cause they think that oh, means they're totally. weak or they're not smart enough or they can't do it.
1: Yeah, no, no, mm-hmm. I ask for help all the time.
0: Yeah, same girl, same. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I mean, collaboration is so important. So it's like, I believe that you should surround yourself with amazing people and a diverse group of people, like people who are doing things totally different than you, people who come from completely different backgrounds. Because when you have all of those different viewpoints and talents and skills in a room, I feel like that's when true innovation takes place. Mm. Otherwise you're just like doing the same old thing and you're surrounding yourself with your same group of friends all the time. And like, you already know what they all think. Um, so collaboration for me is really important. And yeah, there's a lot of people out there who view other people doing similar things as competition. And I think that's really funny. Um, I I can get it, I understand their viewpoint, but I think very differently. So for me, I always like to use the example of like coffee shops and gas stations. So, you know, gas stations are always kitty corner to one another. Mm-hmm. And like, if you see a Starbucks across the street, I guarantee you there's a coffee bean. Mm-hmm. But like that, because it's demand, they're creating demand. And so for me, I always see competition more as collaborators, potential collaborators. Um, And I'll give you an example. So when I started Unique Markets, there was one other company in America doing something similar, and they'd been around for about five years called Renegade Craft Fair. And they are based in Chicago, and they do markets all over America. And while we are very, very different and our brands are very different – At the core, our business is pretty much the same. We are curating vendors and designers and artists, and we're giving them a place to shine and reach new audiences in kind of like a festival-like environment. Um, And then there's a lot of differences between us, but if you pay attention to the the core of our business and being the same, a lot of people would think that we would be competitors, and a lot of my vendors, in fact, people who sell with us, like jewelry designers and pottery makers – They'll see me shopping from them at Renegade Craft Fair, and sometimes they'll be like, "Why are you here? Are you undercover?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not undercover. What do you mean? I'm here supporting. I'm doing what I love." Yeah, and it's interesting to me. Um, and so, you know, there's Renegade. There was Unique Markets, and now there's a lot of other fairs around the country, and. The thing about competition really is that the more people who are doing what we are doing, the the more the masses all across America start to understand why it's more important to shop with us mm-hmm. than to shop at Target or Forever 21. Mm-hmm. And so we're all helping one another. Like it's not competition. It's that we're all it's that we're all doing the same thing and we're creating more um like we're creating more market demand, essentially. Yeah. 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 No,
0: and that makes sense. And I think it's 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 hard because I think there's like when your ego gets involved and you see somebody doing something similar to you, you're like, Oh shit, like that I gotta I gotta catch up, but they're doing this and they're doing that. And I think if you're able to, you know, shift your mindset and take a step back and be like, Okay, if they're doing that and they're killing it, mm-hmm. That is so exciting because that means I can too. That means that it is possible. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out a way to collaborate, whether it is, you know, building that relationship personally with them or collaborating from afar. You know what I mean? I think there's yeah. ways to collaborate with people who may not even know that you exist. Yeah. You know, totally. figuring out how to work in concert with them um is is a healthier way and a way that you can, because otherwise like jealousy only eats at you. You know what I mean? Like completely. Like if I was, if I was a clothing
1: designer in Los Angeles or anywhere, um, and I was trying to figure out how to sell more clothing Mm -hmm. and how to reach new people and get new fans, you know, I would do, there was a bunch of things that I'd do, but one of them could be doing trunk shows. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, so what a trunk show is, is like you find a retailer, like a cute boutique, and you have a trunk show. And they serve wine and like your friends and family come and you support. they support you. So the interesting thing there is like, why wouldn't you, this is a perfect example of what people should be doing and changing the mindset from being like me to we. Mm-hmm. And so it's, why wouldn't you invite two or three other fashion designers who are doing the same thing as you, you're all creating clothing, maybe different styles, or it may be the same. But with four or five of you on that postcard or on the, the image that gets passed around on Facebook and Instagram, then you have all of their community as well. And so you have five times the amount of people coming to a trunk show and your friends and family can only support you and buy from you so many times. Right. Like at the end of the day, they're like, "Okay, I've already like, what am I gonna do?" So I they're have forty
0: scarves now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Bought every <laughs> single ring that you have. So it's like they're not gonna buy from you; they're gonna buy from the other designers, and the other designers' community. They're gonna buy from you, and you're just like you're widening the circle, and you're so, like yeah. making the pot bigger. And so that's a perfect example for me on like a much smaller level of collaborating.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how do you, for women who, whether they're in creative industries or not, maybe they're in more traditional industries, maybe they're in the corporate world, how do you think women can seek community in their own lives or in their own careers?
1: Yeah, so I think there's a couple things that you can do. And I did this when I was working (laughs) in the corporate world. Um, One of them is the interesting thing with corporations and the thing that I actually love about large companies is that they usually have like subgroups. So they'll have a group form about diversity or they'll have a group form to figure out which charity they want to align with. And then like every year they're going to do a big push for that charity. And so I was one of those people when I worked at Fortune 500 500 companies who was always like, yes, I want to be part of that group. And, you know, it's like extra time. It's on your free time, but it's like a way to be social with people outside of your department. Like when do you even leave the floor that you work on mm-hmm. if you're working for a big company? It's like you're pretty much you take the elevator, you might see people in the elevator and then you literally are on the same floor five days a week with the same people. And so investigating what groups are available at your company is like one thing that you can do. And if there aren't any cool ones, like start one. Yeah. Like just start a group about who knows what. Um and then, yeah, I mean, the other thing is like conferences, so there's a lot there's like girl boss rally. there's create and cultivate. um, there's so many different conferences that go on now, and I think that's another way to meet peers and to like get to know women from all over um and kind of widen widen your circle. But I think you definitely have to kind of be like an agent of change and that, like you have to seek it out. It's not yeah. just gonna like appear,
0: yeah. Yeah. I I think that's such a good point because you do have to be really proactive about it. Yeah, And like, don't worry about, I think people are are always sometimes worried about like being rejected, (laughs) you know? Like if you like reach out to somebody who's maybe in the same line of work as you, or even if you just want somebody who you think is like a badass babe, like one of the other women that we met, I met at the same event, Erica, like I just thought she was so cool. And I was like, so can we like hang out after this? Like, I really want to connect. I felt like like a little girl. like I was just a girl standing in front of another girl <laughs> asking her to love me. Like <laughs> you know, but I, you you now we have this great friendship, and she's been on the podcast like a gajillion times. So like I think you making that step, yeah. And then yeah. in in your career, too, like I've found, especially, because of the nature of like media and social media and all that kind of stuff. There is like a lot of competition and jealousy about where people are and stuff like that. But I've found like the second I put down my guard and I'm like, oh, I'm really struggling with this or here's how I navigated this part of the industry. Here's something that I learned through my experience. Hopefully it can help you immediately their guards are down and you have a connection and you're starting a conversation about yeah. how you can help each other. Yeah. And it's just about, again, being proactive, taking that first step and saying, hey, like, I want to work together. Hey, like, can we yeah. talk through this? Like, because so much, whether you're in a more traditional career or even a creative career, there's so much that is unchartered and it's so important. You have the opportunity to learn from other people who have done it or are going through it at the same time. It seems like, a no-brainer to support one another rather than compete. Yeah. Power in numbers, ladies. Totally. Yeah. And I love that. I love that that's your mission because it's. I totally jive with that. And I think so many women can learn how to do that better, even if you're not in a career, even if you're, A stay-at-home mom, like band together with other moms who are going through what you're going through or or a stay-at-home dad and band together with other dads who are going with what you're going through. Collaborate. takes a village. Yeah. No matter what you're doing. I'm trying to do that with my dog, you know, (laughs) (laughs) trying to get that village together. Let's collaborate on walking him. (laughs) Um, Okay. One more question before we jump into my five rapid fire questions. Do you attribute your success to luck or hard work?
1: Hmm, the big question. Uh, Do I have to give one answer? Could it be both? Yeah, I mean, it's hard work. Yeah. There's definitely luck involved. I mean, who who wouldn't be, you know, who wouldn't be real enough to be able to admit that there was, of course, luck involved. Mm-hmm. There's luck in, like, where I went to school or, like, the time, the fact that I chose to do an internship online, which everyone made fun of, like, that was, I guess, a little bit of luck and the timing of when that mm-hmm. happened right before the internet, like, took off. I love that I just said the internet. The, inter- um, the world the- was wet. <laughs> <laughs> the WWW. <laughs> um, of course, there's luck, but yeah. but no, one hundred percent hard work and hustle. And that even going back to my internship in journalism school, that just shows. Like I was the kid who was like, when I was young, I would pick flowers around the neighborhood. I would set them up like in glass jars on the street, like on a table, and like I would pick neighbors' flowers and then resell them back to my neighbors. Like that is you a know
0: true salesman. Saleswoman. I was always. I was always.
1: <laughs> I had some hustle, you know, yeah. taught myself how to make jewelry in like eighth grade and would like sell it. Like, I don't know where it truly, truly comes from, but it's like that work ethic mm-hmm. is hard to teach. You know, you're a hustler or you're not. Mm. And I think that luck will only take you so far. Luck open, may open the door, but it's hard work that's going to get you to where you want to be. 100%.
0: Yes, I love that. Okay, five rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh my God, Alistair. <laughs> Sonia's dog is is <laughs> the cutest thing ever and is bopping around. Um, okay, what is one thing you couldn't live without? Pizza. Oh, what flavor or what toppings? Plain cheese.
1: Oh. I know.
0: Boring. Interesting. Boring and yet so delicious. You know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, what drives you?
1: I think other people and friends and family.
0: Mm. What keeps you positive?
1: Probably the exact same answer. Uh, Other people, like seeing the effect that my work has on other people, other human beings.
0: Oh, I love that. What or who inspires you?
1: (sighs) Lots of people inspire me. Lots and lots and lots, too many to mention. Um, but I think I can like take it back to when I was starting my business and my grandmother was probably like the driving inspiration for me. Um because this is going to get like super like woo woo-y, but past generations were not able to choose what they wanted to do. Like men had to go to war. Like, that's fucking serious, you know? And my grandmother was really creative, always wanted to be a fashion designer, like made clothes for all of my dolls, for me, my sister. Like, she was amazing. But in her life and where she was born in a small town, the only way to to leave that town was to get married or to become a nurse in the army. So she became a nurse <laughs> and God. then got married and then got married. But I guess the point is that like, you know, the option to become a fashion designer really wasn't a reality for her.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> i ruining the sound there, buddy.
0: Yeah, we got him um, shaking off and then the, there's construction it, yeah, upstairs. It's, it's been a... It's, it's, been a, it's a, crazy. Yeah, it's all good.
1: But yeah, I mean, if you really think about that, like even our mothers, you know, not just one generation ago didn't have the same access to what we have and didn't have the same opportunities. And so I think that all the past generations and the past women in my life, like that is kind of what inspires me and did inspire me when I was starting my business. Um, And still to this day, of course, is like a huge driver of inspiration because it's like, why would I quit when there are people who had to, you know, like there are people who didn't have a choice who had to go off to war. And I'm like complaining that it's so hard because like staff politics in the office are so hard. It's like, no, It's not hard. Um, So yeah, I'd say like my grandmother and my mom are probably like the biggest inspiration.
0: I love that.
1: My voice just went weird, but I swear it's not because I started crying. It's because I needed water.
0: (laughs) Either way, (laughs) I I mean, I'm feeling emotional. Um, What is your intention? It can be for today, tomorrow, or your lifetime.
1: I think to stay curious.
0: (sighs) I love that. <laughs> I, I think curiosity is the driver, I think, of, of everything that we do, Yeah. I, so I love that. Um, okay, Anya, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Tell everybody where they can find you, how they can shop at Unique Markets, give them the download.
1: Yeah, so you can go to uniquemarkets.com <laughs> um, and we are in cities all over the U.S. And we've got some exciting news coming up in about a month or two. So we will be in even more cities, which is really Ooh. exciting. You can follow Unique Markets on Instagram, obviously, at Unique Markets. But more importantly, you should follow me at Sonia Rasula. And my name is a little weird. It's Sonia, S-O-N-J-A. Uh, it's you know
0: the, the people can figure it out we got smart uh, listeners right
1: right it's, yeah. it's
0: we got some smart I had parents who were like to we're gonna throw her we're gonna
1: we're gonna do something weird
0: I'm gonna be that parent so I can't I have like the most normal like white girl name it's like Hannah like my kids are gonna have like crazy ass names to make up for it <laughs> so I get it um, okay as always you guys can follow me at Hannah Cranston uh, everywhere and please 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 be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode of Also, take a screenshot of you listening to this if you are inspired by it. Tag me, tag Sonia so that we can share it on our social platforms and we can spread the word about uh, business, about entrepreneurship, about being too much to handle. And just a reminder, we'll be coming at you every Wednesday. So buckle up because it's going to be too much to handle. See you next week.